0: storytelling from all angles to help you and us answer the call when the muse screams tell the damn story we'll be exploring the challenges of being creative in fiction illustration comics film and nonfiction hello and welcome to tell the damn story story with the one and only the legendary Alex Simmons. How are you Alex Simmons? <laughs> I am fine Chris Chris it is good to see
1: you yet again yet again yet again and I'll just quickly say folks we're not going to do it for this episode but Chris has been on the road to a yeah. particular kind in a particular part of the United States and it he's almost got a killed tale me. to tell. It almost, yeah, <laughs> he's got a tale to tell. But we're not going to do it for this episode. We're going to save that for the next episode.
0: And in the creative field, we call that teaser. All yes, right. that's right. Taser. But today oh, teaser, we right. have a far more important story, and you know. we have uh, uh, we are really um, happy and um, grateful to have our guest today, and that is the one and only Mister Beck Lee. How are you, sir?
2: Very good, very good. I'm I'm gr- glad to be here. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Good, good. By the way, Beck, where are you coming to us from? So I'm beaming to you from uh, Minneapolis uh, in the state of Minnesota. Flyover country. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> flyover nice. country. Yeah. The hot, hot bed of uh, social justice. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and and we'll be true. talking about something
1: like that today, actually. Oh, yeah. um, today.
0: Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about uh, Beck bringing some deep truths from across the ocean yeah. to America. Uh, and America needs to hear it. So we're really excited to start. Um, Alex, do you want to go into some background or should we? Oh, well, yeah. Beck I, do the I'm, heavy actually, lifting?
1: I want to do it this way. Beck, um, I've known you as both a playwright, a, a, um, uh, I guess, probably, what's the word I would like to say? Uh, a promoter. You know, someone who has promoted events and special uh, theatrical and creative events, but also you, um, in this capacity, are you coming to us also as a producer of this particular piece?
2: No, I would. I I call myself a kind of a cultural advocate, uh, which is uh, one way of, of getting into what what the the brass tacks uh, real activity is: media relations and marketing consulting okay yeah so in this case that's what i'm doing for um for a kid like rishi right and and again beck and i have worked together in the past
1: uh, over the the, we're not sure how many years but we think it's like 10 years or more um uh, again some uh, readings and things like that but this particular play Mm -hmm. that you're bringing to us and which you just named a kid like rishi uh, comes to us from where and and how did you get introduced to
2: this
0: yeah
2: so a kid like rishi is a dutch play by a dutch playwright named case Roorda, which uh premiered in 2017 in in uh, in the netherlands and uh was a uh, critically acclaimed uh and uh, it's about a racial profiling police killing that took place in uh 2012 and uh, it uh, was uh, uh, not really in the news uh, at all when it happened, but uh, in uh, 2015, when the uh, police officer uh, who murdered the unarmed Black man was acquitted, it, it suddenly gained uh, some media attention. That's now, when let me thought. just jump in for a quick second and say, everybody who was just listening, you heard
1: his words. And no, we're not referring to it happening in the United States.
2: Right. Right. This happened where again? This this happened in The Hague, in the Netherlands. Right. Right. So the the reason I'm involved is that I represent in New York a theater company called Origin Theater Company that produces uh, impactful plays from Europe. For, for New York audiences uh, and they produce what would be called the American premieres. They're not importing the productions, they're importing the plays. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a New York, um, uh, 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 New York based theater company with New York based actors, but it's a European play that we thought uh, that they thought uh, was very consequential, very powerful and needed to be, um, shown in new york and and experienced in new york so that that's what uh and and i've been repping them for for uh over 10 years and uh so this this uh you know it's been on their radar for a, a little while now and finally uh next week um it's uh it's going to have its american premiere So may 27th early. right the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. premiere date yeah yeah Yep. Yeah. yeah and
0: uh if i can just do the um Uh, Kind of the advertisement there, a kid like Rishi is going to run for four weeks at The Cell, 338 West 23rd Street in Chelsea, from Friday, May 27th to Sunday, June 19th. The Dutch-born director, Edwin Maas, leads a diverse international New York-based cast and production team tickets are going on sale april 5th so they're already available mm-hmm. and when the cast and production design team will also be announced okay so if there's anybody in the cast and crew that you think need a special uh uh spotlight we can do that now mm. or we can go into the, yeah. the need of the conversation
2: I, yeah i think i think really that that's that's all it's all gr- uh, great. What 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 I would like to say is it's three actors who are portraying nine nineteen different people involved in one way or another, either witnessed or became sort of judges, uh, actively or passively, um, uh, uh, were were conspirators in a sense. Uh, in the acquittal of the police officer right um, at the, the there was a trial and they used transcript they used uh, uh they they derived the script from uh, from transcripts uh, but a lot of different um sort of evidentiary materials were used by the playwright to create this this play, which really kind of lays out in almost i would say um uh almost in in, in like it was in, in a laboratory all the evidence that uh sort of uh plays into this uh issue or this this particular these events where systemic racism was at play and and and, and uh uh yeah he's be- basically dissecting what happened case, and, right and so how, let me read the yeah uh, yeah.
1: But before you do that, let me just back up, just for the sake of because again, this you know our show is very much about creatives and the process. Hmm. Uh, the playwright he was not a victim in this circumstance. So what hmm. what attracted him
2: to this topic to this particular story? Right, right. So he's a white guy, right? And and his he's um, his partner is a, a black. D- a Dutch black uh, artist, and they are in a, you know and, and what happened uh, that sort of sort of mm, galvanized him into wanting to approach this um, uh, this particular event and write about it was something that happened to him and his partner um, that was a racial profiling incident. It mm. turned out to be very traumatic for both of them in which his partner and, and uh, a friend went to New York on a holiday and um, at JFK, um, the partner was uh, prevented from going into the United States by um, immigration, the oh. customs, but he was arrested, he was stripped, he was... Uh, put in a detention center right. and then returned to the Netherlands in handcuffs. So let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. There's a, a white and black partners. Mm-hmm.
0: The white guy allowed in. Correct. The black guy, all this happens to. Right. Yep. For
2: for no apparent reason that they could tell there was no, they, 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 uh, uh claim the customs officials claim that he was, um, you know planning on working in the united states and they said we're both together we have plans uh we have his um nieces and nephews are coming to join us they're on another flight from uh the netherlands we can tell you what that flight is and despite all of that uh yeah that's how it went down the black guy got arrested sent back in handcuffs and his partner uh, no the, the my the playwright's par- uh, friend who was traveling with his partner uh, uh, was was let let in let into the United Neither. States. Yeah. So this 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 event um, was uh, deeply uh, ups, upsetting. They they um, they protested it. They went to uh, the uh, to the United States uh, consulate and asked for redress. And when it was clear to the U.S. officials that they'd made a mistake. They gave um, them both a 10-year t- uh, t- uh, tourist visa, um, and that expired uh, a little while ago. So they both now, the playwright, who's white, and this guy who had been sent back, reapplied for, t- for visas. White guy black guy? White guy and a black guy. They just found out early last week that the white guy got approved and the black guy got denied. Again. Yeah. So now they so so this this um, yeah, this this precipitating event that got uh, Kay's very, uh, you know, sort of motivated to write about this much more grievous race racial profiling event, which, you know, obviously ended in the death of an innocent um, 17 year old black man. in in a, in a, in a, almost a deserted train station in the Hague. Right. um, Was, was why he wrote the play, why he wanted to write it the way he did, why the way he wanted it to be seen as even handed, Mm -hmm. fair and, and ruthlessly fair. Okay. So,
0: so I, -hmm. I, we see now Mm -hmm. how the creatives experienced
2: mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to say a version but a shade of this kind of unfair treatment systemic racism systemic. but for mm-hmm. our audience I'm going to take a minute and read the um, the description of the contents of the play okay and um, uh, it's written by Keith Ruda and if I mispronounce that please correct me uh, one of Netherlands' leading playwrights, a kid like Rishi, runs for four weeks. Da da da. We talked about that. Um, so it's surrounding the 2012 shooting of Rishi Kassing, who was waiting for a train at the Hague Holland Spoor station. Killed in retreat, the unarmed 17-year-old black youth was suspected of assaulting a homeless person who was never questioned or identified, Rishi died immediately of a gunshot to the head. And that gunshot came from a police officer. All right. That's right. So so we see the echoes
2: Mm.
0: from this uh, this shooting to the own creatives' lives. But -hmm. the play focuses on... uh, Mm -hmm. On Rishi's um,
2: on the events murder surrounding that murder, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. So, so how how did the creatives Mm -hmm. go from their own terrible experiences Mm -hmm. to focusing on? Well, this is a great subject matter to discuss the ongoing um, unfair treatment, murderous treatment horrendous treatment Mm -hmm. uh, based on skin color.
2: Mm. Well, I have to say, uh, now that I know Kays um, uh, professionally and uh, have enjoyed working with him over the last two months, uh, is that one of the um, virtues of this play is that while he was certainly... Personally motivated to write it. He did not, in any way, shape, or form, insert his own experience into the story. He did not um, uh, approach it from a, a, a subjective standpoint. He wanted to have sort of a clinical, um, a sort of, uh, uh, even-handed objective look at all the people involved and what was going through their minds including the police officer and what he says is that his process was it, it was so important to him he knew why he was writing it he know, knew why it was important for him to write it but he did not feel that that personal aspect was relevant in the writing process and ultimately in, in terms of what uh, we see on stage however so in, in, I'm, I'm sorry you know, I'm sorry go ahead <clears throat> then I have a, thought, a question yeah. no but and then because of what's happening now and sort of the reactivation of the trauma with his partner and his own personal experience again sort of re- reiterating the fact that you know, it, it, it just doesn't stop. And it's baked into the world that we know that we're all living in together. He is, you know, making the decision, for example, and it's a very c- considered a, p- a decision and I, I respect it to not come to, to New York for the um, premiere of his play and to stand by his partner's side in Holland and so he's not coming to New York under these circumstances as important as the play is to him as much as it would be gratifying for him to see it and to be a part of it he cannot in all good conscience um uh leave the leave the side of his partner so yeah all of those things sort of in in uh, th- does it affect what we see in on stage um uh i don't know i mean spiritually psychically maybe but 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 the play is the play, and as i said, he wanted to be clinically um um uh, 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 uh clinically um uh, accurate yeah and yeah. uh yeah and 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 follow exactly you know what what is in front of him in terms of evidence um yeah we often talk about we the can, facts loyal yeah. to the facts loyal right. to the facts. Okay,
1: yeah. We often talk about what inspires a writer, what inspires creatives to mm-hmm. to to a particular topic or theme, um, and 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 Chris and I over the years have uh, talked to other writers, and then we've also you know shared our own opinions on this about how you know how a writer looks at the world through his or her own lens mm-hmm. and if you're telling a tale that is totally fiction you can still base a lot of the emotions and reactions and things on reality you've experienced or seen but also when you're relating an actual event or you're basing some of your fiction on an actual event mm-hmm. you know how true to that material you need to be and and how you know where where's the line between mm-hmm. I know the character said this because he or she or they were quoted as opposed to, I need to connect these two scenes and I need some dialogue to go through this. So when you say that that Keith was being, uh, was making a superior effort to be as accurate and loyal to the material, um, and I haven't seen the production yet. Uh, I'm, for, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, do you feel, or are you aware of whether or not he had to take
2: some liberties here and there no, no I, I want you to know that he himself uh found um you know the 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 realization that the police officer um had uh, uh had training and was. Uh, basically programmed to act the way he did led him to realize, and this was to his dismay, that the cop could not be seen as a rogue, violent uh, villain. And he wasn't going to demonize him beyond. So what he ended up feeling was, you know, what's really on trial here is the system, mm-hmm. the training,
0: yeah.
2: the, the fact that that, that these uh, people are, are trained to see black people differently than white people as mm-hmm. threatening and as people that need to be re- contained or, or s- suppressed or, or repressed because they're dangerous is how they are trained. So, right. the, so K said he he cannot and, and and this is one of the things is people do not see this uh, cop as as maybe a Derek Chauvin. Maybe you could make uh, uh maybe you could make this a similar case about Chauvin, but as a as a as a a, a traditional villain. Mm,
0: and, Okay. Uh, yeah. Well. I mean, we've seen this technique used uh, uh, by Anna De- DeVere Smith, among others, mm-hmm. in her plays uh, dealing with uh, uh, the L.A. riots, and uh, oh, there's, she's done a number of them. Um, the idea that what was really said, what really happened, is testimony enough, mm-hmm. and condemnation enough uh, mm-hmm. that it doesn't need manipulation. Con-
2: yeah, common. you know. Yeah,
0: uh, the echoes. I mean, I did. I try to do a little background, you know. So foolishly, mm-hmm. um, I put um, list of uh, uh, African Americans uh, killed by police in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. It's going to take me three weeks to uh, just re- recover from the the results because they were like, well, here's hundreds from 2022.
2: Yeah, so you know? certainly more than the victims of nine eleven, yeah, whose, whose names get read out,
0: right? And the and there is the organization, you know, say their names and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this play, you know, and we're going to say uh, the name again: a kid like Rishi,
2: right?
0: Uh, not only underscores the the idea that that's happening here as it's being produced here, but mm-hmm. that it's happening around the world yeah you know this is like you said entrenched in the training entrenched in the mindset and yeah
2: Yeah. it's a global it's a global problem it has different uh permutations in different countries but if you could any any western country that has a colonialist history you can be sure that Big urban centers in those uh, countries are going to have systemic racism problems, whether they're whether they're known uh, out, you know, whether they're publicized or what. The way right. we publicize right. our own problems is is something that Americans really don't know because we don't we're not in those countries. Right. So we're gonna we find out that there's a lot of sort of denial a lot of sweeping it under the rug in in Holland because mm-hmm. it's a predominantly white culture and uh they don't have um you know certain ur- uh, urban um uh, you know outward li- 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 they don't have the slums uh and so on but um there is a lot of are colony they have a colonial past and these um the black uh, person Rishi was of Surin- Surinamese descent, so that that so there, there's a whole history of colonialism um, and that that sort of is part of the this lineage of racism um, that they 're dealing with Let me ask you this um, a, a couple of things
1: one, just piggybacking off of this this thing I think the the problem with systemic racism is is I'm going to use the word obvious because, you know, with the, with the internet and media now, it's either shown to us as a way of trying to keep folks down, scared, or it's, it's a piece of like everyday entertainment, which, which bites, and I'm not even going to go there. But what I was going to say is that um, there's a history in humankind, and in our, in just in a world history, of somebody's got to be on top.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's this attitude and within the human uh, mm-hmm. matrix it seems mm-hmm. to be somebody's got to be down so that I can be up, and mm-hmm. there it's it's sometimes it's within the same culture, the same race, same same community, and mm-hmm. other times it's one group coming in from somewhere else and doing it to another. And until we all start dealing with that, it's it's never going to get better. And so mm-hmm. you know, while we're on our watch, we're going to do what we can we can we can try yeah. to do to make to affect that. I wanted to ask you since the play going back to the play itself once the play debuted in in uh in holland in 2017 was it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what was the reaction to it i mean because the event happened in 2012 the uh the the was was acquitted in 2015 right so the play opened up in 2017 what was the reaction
2: well it was it was well uh it was by that time it was a well-known if not notorious um uh, event. Um, the the uh, There wasn't um, a sort of a big backlash, uh, protests or anything like that, but it was a well-known event. It was, in many people's estimation, a, uh, a miscarriage of justice, right? But they weren't protesting in the streets. So a lot of uh, the people who saw it, a lot of the uh, reviews, um uh, they they it, weirdly enough focused on on it as if it were a thriller <laughs> they 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 made comments that the play was so effective because it kept your attention and it made you wonder mm. you know what was going to happen so when I heard that I was like, hmm, that is that's strange. And I looked like I, I looked, said
1: piece of entertainment sometimes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, uh the national newspapers said it was um a um, you know, important and, and and kind of gave it that uh uh sort of uh, gloss of 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 importance. Mm-hmm. And um um, so it was cr- what we would call critically acclaimed. Um, right. It did well, and uh, so interest. So we're interested in what happened to it um, from that point. It was going to be produced in Germany because a youth theater in Germany that has a playwriting contest, um, chose the play uh, as one of the three top plays of the year okay Mm. and it was going to be produced on the strength of that it was going to be produced the production was canceled by the theater company because of protests that that were sort of bubbling up about the play um, being in itself in and of itself, racist. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of racism were they throwing at it? Well, so I can't go into that in, in too much depth because I don't know enough, but I know that at that point, Case, who was shocked by this, <laughs> this would be uh, I, uh, perhaps uh, a, a flare-up of German wokeness, mm. perhaps, not sure. But uh, he was mortified that there was, like, you know, um, not only that there were people saying that this play should not be done, but that the theater involved actually canceled the production. So he, now, Case had had turned to Control Alt Delete, which is. a a Dutch organization that is fighting systemic racism, disproportionate treatment of people of color by the police. And they endorsed the play and said, look, this play is real. This is what happened. People need to know about what happened and why. and, 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 And they can draw their own conclusions. But This German incident politicized this situation to the point where the the people involved made what they probably thought was the right decision um, to cancel that show. Um, That's one of the reasons the New York Theater Company involved with this production in the American premiere, Origin Theater Company, is being very careful about making sure that everybody understands this is a an, a play that is worthy of our attention uh, mm-hmm. because of the, what, how well it's written and about what and, and because of what it's about.
0: Yeah. And as you said, the the um, effort made to be even-handed to use the court documents mm-hmm. to lay out the case from all perspectives. Gives people the opportunity mm-hmm. to see for themselves, with their eyes and ears open, and hopefully their hearts open, and make their own decisions.
2: Right.
0: Um, I think that is that exercise is perhaps most needed in this world today. You know that we don't do that; that we are a culture or cultures. Of knee-jerk reactions and pre-programmed reactions spells doom for our future. Yeah, you know, and in a, a play like this that gives us an opportunity to maybe just a little bit reset our programming. Yeah, uh, to me, it makes yeah. it yeah. Uh, uh, a gem yeah. of an opportunity.
2: Yeah, let's let's go through this all together and see what we learn from this together which is it's something that you know when when you have your uh you know political orthodoxies and you know what you're where you stand before you investigate um you're 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 basically in your own box um Uh, you we know. have,
0: we have our own boxes. We, you know, there's several channels of our own boxes these days, depending on what channel you turn on. That's, that's the view you're going to be fed and Verifying. programmed with. Yeah. You know, yeah. And we need
1: to break out of that habit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to bring up something and, and you can choose how you want to refer to this uh, Beck. Um, but you shared with me uh, just the other day, uh, a particular uh, reaction uh, during a reading, a recent reading of the play. And, um, again, I'm I'm not trying to shine a spotlight on anybody or searchlight on anybody in particular. So you don't have to use names, Mm -hmm. but there was a reading of the play by the actors who are going to be in it. Was that, and, and you, you told me what you saw in terms of the effect. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering if you could comment on that again, because once again, Writing and what writers do, whether it's entertainment or, or uh, bringing social issues into the, the, the mainstream of, of consciousness, we choose our words to have an effect. We choose our words to impact on our audiences. And part of that audience sometimes is the very people who are going to portray these characters. So could you share um, some, in some way, shape, or form, yeah. could
2: you share what you saw? Yeah. So while I do this work as an advocate um, for other projects, uh, for, for, um, and I do marketing consulting for theaters and, and uh, 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 publicity work or media relations work, I'm also a playwright. And um, I was a lapsed playwright for many years while I was focusing on my career, and I've only in the last couple of years uh, sort of resumed that uh, work as a playwright. And uh, you're being so, a dad too, so you know, don't yeah. don't, don't, don't 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 beat yourself there. Yet. Well, no, and you know yeah. what? That's they're related. I'm 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 um I think I am I've I I'm a much better uh playwriting prospect to to write something let's say you know meaningful because I'm a father Mm -hmm. and because I've grown as a person and uh, I compare myself as a writer now to what I was like after college and it's it's sort of like (laughs) night and day Uh, uh, but this is my point I guess to try to you know capture this for you is I had a reading this week of a new play that um, touches on uh, topics of racism and, and um, uh, white privilege and, and uh, our lineages, uh, what we, what we uh, sort of inherit um, from our ancestors in terms of our social identity, our cultural identity, because we are all in, in a sense, you know, already in a almost box, you know, when we're born know, mm-hmm. because of who, who we are. And and uh, uh, so I, I wrote a play. Now, I, I am writing a play, I should say, called Rope Room. And the reading this week was the first table reading. So it's got, I have, have to be clear, and maybe I, I, I should have made this even more clear as we approached the work this week, that this is a play... In progress and I'm learning I am still learning about the characters and the story and I in no way shape or form want to be judged as 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 or, or feel that the the play or the characters should be judged as uh fully formed or completed statements
0: what's the name of that play rope room
2: rope room I just want yeah. to be clear
0: that we're talking about rope room, not right. a kid name. Right. Richard.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so um, I what I experienced was um, um, it's a four character play. Two characters are white, and two characters are black. And I had a uniformly good cast. And I and I and 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 I really I my work I try to be satirical and funny. And blunt uh, about uh, the topics um, that that um, my characters are going through but the two what I found out is that the two black characters in the play were really um, um, not as formed and evolved and truthful as the white characters now as i as a playwright i, I want to cop to this right and i and i want and i wanted to it to be known that i i learned a lot from this reading and I, and and the char- the two black characters are going to be Uh, hopefully, the beneficiaries of of my deepening awareness. But the Black actress who um, portrayed one of the Black characters after the reading in our conversation after, was clearly in pain, upset, and offended by her character's sort of shallowness and craven behavior um uh, her 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 dishonesty her her and um she said to me she said i think what you should do if you're going to be writing about black characters is you should have a black co-writer and that was very interesting now For me to hear that, I listened to it, I didn't react, I I took it in. But ultimately, I found that to be an extremely troubling proposition. Because what she's saying is a creative person, an artist, a person who's trying to empathetically know other people, people other than themselves, because no writer, I mean, unless you're writing autobiographical stuff 100% and it's a solo play, you will be creating characters. And I believe that what she was saying was that because I'm not Black, I am not qualified or I should take on a partner to better qualify me. Now, I said at the very I said in this conversation, I said, Listen, I'm, I'm the writer. I'm not going to relinquish that. I have responsibility. But I want you to know you are my dramaturg right now. You are helping me understand. And I don't want to fail you or the character involved by making that person less human. And oh.
0: uh, It sounds to me like you got a... Um, a call to consider a sensitivity reader or um a uh, person who will help you do research into mm. uh character and organic reactions and and that is part of the process and it becomes um more and more uh part of the process as the community weaves together in a more and more beautiful mosaic than it may have been 100 years ago or even 50 years ago or so, 25 yeah yeah that's that, that, true that, that's sadly but true
2: well well but, mm-hmm. yeah you can yeah.
0: take that as you know as an opportunity and, and, you know, and just you,
1: just for the sake of our our listeners as well as for Beck, uh chris and i again in multiple episodes have dealt with this have talked mm-hmm. about this and chris um, I don't remember which episode, but even not even dealing with race, but dealing with life choices, uh, wrote a character that was definitely not like Chris in any way, shape or form. And then I believe it was the reading of that piece. Oh, no, you sent the piece in for consideration uh, for publication. Oh, yes, for magazine,
0: yes. Right. Um, well, it was a, um, it was a trans character and I had written about this trans character before as part of an ensemble. But uh, maybe I misread the open call. But it seemed like they wanted um, mm. they they wanted trans characters featured uh, facing the more most horrifying things imaginable for those characters, and that's where the misread was for me. The most horrifying would be to be attacked for who they were. But what they want is the you know, the trans they what they wanted was for the trans character to be themselves in every way facing the vampire, the monster of the week, whatever it was, you know. And that's the most horrifying thing they wanted. They didn't want me or anybody uh talking about being attacked for being trans or this or that. So mm-hmm. um it turned out to be a um Mm-hmm. uh a no-go for that particular story but they said you know going for sensitivity uh readers to this and that could help um and in the conversation i realized that that you know and it makes sense to have they, they want characters of all kinds to you know be able to live their lives as it were um which ironically the same character uh does uh, uh function as a part of the cast not because she's trans but because she's she has a better clue than some of the knuckleheads that are in the cast you know and um in in the book called genius high so um yeah i've read uh, i've retooled how that story would go and what they would do and it's not her personal trauma it's you know something that affects the school and all that sort of stuff um so but I it, would it say is, that I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, please go ahead. No, I was, no, I was just going to say it's, it's, transition.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very much about doing doing our homework. You know, and Man. and and all writers, and I think you know, Beck, this was one of the things that you were saying. All writers, not only do you have to create other characters within a story reflecting the world that we live in, whether it's fantasy or 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 um, actual uh um stories about actual events. But you know, we cannot be every character. We cannot only mm-hmm. write about only the things that we absolutely know and experience unless that's all we're doing, unless we're doing monologues. Right. So it becomes, you know, what else do we have to do to be more authentic, more sensitive and so forth? And that's 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 a part of the process. That's a part of the trail that we walk. Uh-huh. Uh, we only have and about Beck, ten minutes more, me, so I yeah. just want to—I just want to—I just want to mention that we only have about ten minutes more. Go ahead, Chris. Right.
0: Well, I, I'll give you one more example to take heart from, and then I'd like to get back to a kid like Rishi. Uh, but just so you know, Beck, uh, Alex—it it took me twenty years for Alex to let me write his blackjack character, and then he gave me a like a comic strip to uh, write, and then he rewrote every word of dialogue. <laughs> so even after 20 years i still <laughs> had learning to do <laughs> yeah. so i think it was around the 25th anniversary that i succeeded in writing uh that character correctly right so as mm. creatives we continue to learn and we continue to write and uh, and i think that um this is a a challenge to grow from you know yeah um perhaps the way it was said it was meant slightly differently but doing the research and um, Mm -hmm. finding people who you can trust and who can trust you to be honest back and forth and know that there's more to do. Now, I want to clarify that your work in progress um, uh, is what you were talking about, but a kid like Rishi taking as it was from uh, court quotes and from actual statements is a different animal it is um a finished accomplished produced play that is coming here to new york for us to experience for us to see all sides of the situation and it's the perfect kind of theatrical experience you know you always want to go experience something and then go over to the diner and have that two or three hour conversation and that sounds to me like what uh, a kid like Rishi is so perhaps yes. you can spend a couple of minutes saying uh, uh giving people an, a, an idea of what they can expect from this um theatrical right. experience that I, I'm so I'm
2: so glad you mentioned the conversations that we can have about it um mm-hmm. that that's part of the overall theatrical experience because so yeah. so much of what we're taught about the theater is that we watch it in a, uh, dark room with total strangers. And then we leave the theater and we go back to our lives and we may have been inspired, but we're not, uh, really, uh, putting ourselves in a position of, of, of showing how the piece can has, has uh, the potential to change us or, or affect us. Uh, and, um, and also bring us closer to other people, mm. um, people that we don't know well enough uh, because of where we're from. Opening lines of communication. Yeah. yeah. So this production, I'm happy to report, has built into the plans a series of talkbacks, which will be uh, after the Sunday performances, uh, the first three Sundays, those talkbacks which will be curated by none other than Alex Simmons. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a good plug. I'll get <laughs> some of your podcast people for yeah. those shows. Uh, Sundays, May 29th, June 5th, and June 12th, there will be talkbacks. Now, the Cell Theater is super intimate. It's a 60-seat theater. Mm-hmm. It's uh, flexible seating, and they're being very creative with the way they're staging it but what they want to do is um transition from the experience of the play where you're sitting in your theater seats to the conversation post show that would be that will be led by Alex and that will be in a, a little garden uh that is in back of the theater. Oh, that's wonderful! It. Yeah, and and there will be also refreshments that will be available in a little reception area uh, that that is adjoining the theater. So this uh, this way, the people who have experienced the play can get up from their seats and actually see who's around them and know that we can talk, we can meet each other. And we can show each other how we respond to this play. And we can learn from people that Alex will introduce us to some interesting things that will deepen our, our awareness of systemic racism and uh, what, it's, what, 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 it's, what it means to all of us.
1: Okay. And, and would, you, would you say the dates again?
2: Yeah. So they're May 29th. Uh, June 5th and June 12th. all and what Sundays. time the shows are at three o'clock? They're matinees, mm-hmm. so uh, the um, the uh, talkbacks will take place after the 3 p.m. shows, right? And, and,
0: and we would remind everyone that the show runs from May 27th mm-hmm. through June 19th at the cell 338 West 23rd in Chelsea.
2: Yeah, and it's important for people to know that they can get tickets at this website www.origintheater spelled the uh, european way r e mm-hmm. .org origintheater.org that's where you get the tickets we'll, we'll make sure that we have a link in uh, the comment
1: section uh, when we uh, upload this episode so people will mm-hmm. be able to get to it um, you know a little bit easier or just a little and they'll go right to that link uh, and and certainly I hope to see some of you folks there if not all of you folks there um, Beck, I really want to thank you for, for yeah. coming on board all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got a long walk home now. Mm-hmm. Um, for sharing that. And and again, I want to invite you back uh so we can, you know, at another time talk a bit more about your process as a playwright yeah. and where you're going with uh rope rope room. Rope room. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it, it would aspect. be
0: interesting to have this little thing as a talk bag for how uh, a kid like Rishi uh, was received and how it went, what the experience was in New York, and then at the same, you know, in the same episode, touch back with you and and see what that incident in the read through, uh, what it resulted in. I think that would be very interesting to do if you're up for it.
2: Absolutely, I I, I would love that opportunity. Beautiful, and then I appreciate you offering. The door will, the door is open.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Okay. So I want to thank everybody, obviously uh my co-host Chris, because he's that way and he pays me. Uh <laughs> eighteen cents, baby. Yeah, yeah but it's eighteen. <laughs> it was it used to be fourteen. Okay, so oh, I got it yeah. raised. Um Beck, once again, good to see you, good to talk with you, and looking forward to uh the next few weeks with a kid yeah. uh named Rishi. Kid and like everybody who yeah. yeah, everybody who's been listening in, uh continue to listen in because there's never a dull moment here. But also, please, you know, let us know what you think, what what you think about what you've heard, uh, any questions about creative writing, the creative process. Drop them in the comments, send us an email, all that good stuff. And be sure to be here next time for the next thrilling episode
0: of Tell the Damn Story. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Take care. Thanks, Beck. Take care. Peace, everybody.